Hi there, and welcome to a new episode of Stories That Made Us. We, in this first series, talk of the tales of our origin, the creation myths of civilizations, tribes, and cultures from around the world. This episode showcases two such tales of the Joshua or Tsemetun of Oregon and Kiowa of Oklahoma, both in the United States. These tales are two of the many Native American stories that we've covered over the past months. Check out episode 1 for tales of the Achomavi, Atsugebi, and Acoma Pueblo. Episodes 4 and 6 recounts the stories of various Apache and Algonquin-speaking tribes respectively, while episode 9 features the Arikara and the Arapaho. You'll find the fascinating stories of the Cherokee, Cato, and Cheyenne in episode 12, and the Creek, Crow, and Diegenio in episode 15. The last time we visited a Native American tribe was when we recounted the myth of the Hopi in episode 21. Now that plugging previous episodes is out of the way, let's begin with the creation myth of the Joshua or Tsemetun. The Joshua Native Americans of Oregon have a myth that is a good example of an imperfect creation theme. Their creator succeeds in making the world after many attempts, learning from his errors and moving towards perfection. A sense of imperfection of creation, especially of the human element, pervades this myth, so much so that the creator seems not so much godlike as one of us. In keeping with his human aspect, the creator acts as a culture hero, teaching the people how to live before departing to leave them to their own devices. The story recounted in this episode was first narrated in a book by Gerald Ramsey titled Reading the Fire, the Traditional Indian Literatures of America. This particular tale was told by Charlie DePoe in the year 1900. All the details of the book are mentioned in the description of the episode. So then, let's begin the tale of the Joshua Native Americans. In the beginning, there was no land. There was nothing but the sky, some fog, and water. The water was still. There were no breakers or land. A sweat house stood on this water, and in it there lived two men, the giver and his companion, the watcher. The giver's companion, the watcher, had tobacco. He usually stayed outside watching, while the giver remained in the sweat house. One day, it seemed to the watcher as if daylight were coming. He went inside and told the giver that he saw something strange. Soon, there appeared something that looked like land, and on it, two trees were growing. The watcher kept on looking and soon was able to distinguish that the object that was approaching was white land. Then the huge ocean began to move, bringing the land nearer. Its eastern portion was dark, 
The west part kept on moving until it struck the sweat house, where it stopped. Then it began to stretch to the north and to the south. The land was white like snow. There was no grass on it. It expanded like the waves of the ocean. Then the fog began to disappear and the watcher could look far away. He went into the sweat house and asked, Giver, are you ready? To which the giver replied, Is the land solid? Not quite, replied the watcher. Then the giver took some tobacco and began to smoke. He blew the smoke on the land and the land became motionless. Only two trees were growing at that time a redwood to the south and an ash to the north. Five times the giver smoked, while discussing with his companion various means of creating the world and the people. Then night came, and after that daylight appeared again, thus establishing days and nights for all posterity. For four days the giver worked on the land, and afterward trees began to bud, and the buds fell like drops of water upon the ground. Grass came up, and leaves appeared on the trees. The giver walked around the piece of land that had stopped near his sweat house, commanding the ocean to withdraw and to be calm. Then. The giver made five cakes of mud to create new land upon which he would make animals. Of the first mud cake, he made a stone and dropped it into the water, telling it to make noise and to expand as soon as it hit the bottom. After a long while, he heard a faint noise and knew then that the water was very deep. He waited some time before dropping the second cake. This time, he heard the noise sooner and knew that the land was coming nearer to the surface. After he had dropped the third cake, the land reached almost to the surface of the water. So he went into the sweat house and opened a new sack of tobacco. Soon, his companion the watcher shouted from outside, It looks as if lands are coming up. The giver was glad, because he knew now that the land was coming up from the bottom of the ocean. Eventually, the water receded, and the giver scattered tobacco all over the newly formed land. Sand appeared. More land came in, receding farther and farther westward. Thus, the land and the world were created. To the west, to the north, and to the south, there was tidewater, but to the east, the land was dry. The new land was soft and looked like sand. The giver stepped on it and said, I am going to see if the great land has come. And as he stepped, the land grew hard. 
Then the giver looked at the sand and saw a man's track. They seemed to have come from the north, disappearing in the water on the south. He wondered what that could mean and was very much worried. He went back to his first piece of land and told the water to overflow the land he had created out of the five cakes of mud. Sometime afterward, he ordered the water to recede and looked again. This time, he saw the tracks coming from the west and returning to the water on the north side. He was puzzled and ordered the water to cover up his new land once more. Five times he repeated this process. At last, he became discouraged and said, This is going to make trouble in the future. And since then, there has always been trouble in the world. Then the giver began to wonder how he could make people. First, he took some grass, mixed it with mud and rubbed it in his hands. Then he ordered a house to appear and gave the two mud figures to his companion and told him to put them into the house. After four days, two dogs, a male and a female, appeared. The giver and the watcher washed the dogs and twelve days later, the female dog gave birth to pups. The giver then made food for the dogs. All kinds of dogs were born in that litter of pups. They were all howling. After a while, the giver went back to work again. He took some white sand from the new land and made two figures in the same way as before. He gave the figures to his companion and ordered a house for them. Then he warned the dogs not to go into the new house as it was intended for the new people. After 13 days, the giver heard a great hissing and a big snake came out of the house, followed by a female snake and many small snakes. The giver felt bad when he saw this and went to his companion telling him that this trouble was due to the tracks that had first appeared in the world. Soon, the land became full of snakes, which, not having seen the giver, wondered how everything had come about. The world, at this time, was inhabited by dogs and snakes only. One day, the giver wished for three baskets to appear, these he gave to his companion and told him to fill them partly with fresh water and partly with salt water. Then he put ten of the biggest snakes into the baskets, crushed them and threw them into the ocean. He thought that this would get rid of all the snakes. But two snakes had gotten away from him and all snake-like animals and reptiles that live today come from these two snakes. The giver then said to these two snakes, You will live and surround the world like a belt, so that it won't break. Then 
He crushed five bad dogs in the same way and made a great ditch with his finger and threw the dogs into the ditch. These dogs became water monsters. All animals that raised their head above the water and smell and then disappear quickly under the water came from these five dogs. Pretty soon, the giver began to think again. How can I make people? I have failed twice. The first attempt yielded dogs and the second snakes. Now his companion, the watcher, heard this and spoke. He said, Let me smoke tonight and see if people will not come out of the smoke. For three days the watcher smoked, at the end of which a house appeared with smoke coming out of it. The watcher told the giver, There's a house. After a while, a beautiful woman came out of the house, carrying a water basket. Then the giver was glad and said, Now we shall have no more trouble creating people. The woman did not see the giver and his companion as they were watching her. After nine days, the woman became sad and wondered who her father and relatives were. She had plenty of food. One day, the giver said to his companion, Stay here and take this woman for your wife. You shall have children and be the father of all the people. I am leaving this world. Everything on it shall belong to you. And the watcher answered, It is well, but perchance, I too may have troubles. Then the giver asked him, How are you going to be troubled? So the watcher said, Can you make this woman sleep so that I can go to her without her seeing me? Now the woman found life in the house very easy. Whenever she wished for anything, it appeared at once. About noon, she felt sleepy for the first time. When night came, she prepared her bed and lay down. As soon as she was sound asleep, the watcher disguised as a man went into her hut. She was not aware of this, but dreamt that a handsome man was with her. This was an entirely new dream to her. At daybreak, she woke up and looked into the blanket. No one was there, although she was sure that someone had been with her. She wished to know who had been with her that night. So next evening she prepared her bed again, hoping that the same thing would happen. But no one came to her. She did the same thing every night without anyone coming near her. Soon, the woman became pregnant. The giver and his companion were still on the land watching her, but she could not see them because they were invisible to her. After a while, the child was born. It was a boy and he grew up very fast. 
The woman, meanwhile, still wanted to know who the father of her child was. So one day, she wrapped the child in blankets and said, I will neglect the boy and let him cry, and perchance his father may come. I will take the boy and search for him in the country. She started south, carrying the baby on her back. She travelled for ten years, seeing no one and never looking at the child. After a long time, she could hear only a faint sound coming from behind. Nothing remained of the boy but skin and bones. Finally, she stopped at Saloma and here, for the first time, she took the child from her back and looked at it. Its eyes were sunken and hollow, and the boy was a mere skeleton. The woman felt bad and began to cry. She took the boy out of the cradle and went to the river to bathe. After she had put on her clothes, she felt for the child's heart. It was still beating. The boy urinated and was dirty all over. His body was covered with maggots and he had acquired various diseases. The woman took him to the water and washed his body. She had no milk with which to feed him, so she sang a medicine song, and milk came to her. She gave the breast to the child, but it was too weak to suck. Hence, she had to feed it gradually. As the days went by, the boy grew stronger. After three days, his eyes were better. Then. They went back to their house, where they found plenty of food. The boy soon grew into a strong and handsome young man, and was helping his mother with her work. One day, he asked her, Mother, where is your husband? And she replied, I only dreamt of my husband. Then she told him all that had happened before he was born. And the boy said, Oh, maybe my father would turn up one day. The giver and the watcher witnessed all these events unfold. Afterward, the giver said to his companion, The woman is home now. That night, the woman longed for her husband. She had been dreaming all the time that he was a handsome man and that her boy looked just like him. At dusk, it seemed to her as if someone were coming. Her heart began to beat. Soon she heard footsteps. The door opened and her boy exclaimed, Oh, my father has come. She looked and saw the man of her dreams. At first, she was ashamed and bashful. The watcher, now in the form of a man, told her all that had happened before and claimed her as his wife. One day, 
The giver told the man that all the world had been made for him. Then he instructed him how to act at all times and under all conditions. He also admonished him to have more children, and the man had sixteen children. The first one was a boy, then came a girl, then another boy, and so on. Half the children went to live north of the Rogue River, while the other half settled down south of the river. The giver told the man that hereafter he would obtain everything by wishing. Then he straightened out the world and made it flat, and placed the waters. He created all sorts of animals and cautioned the man not to cut down more trees. Or kill more animals than needed. And after all this had been done, he bade the man farewell and went up to the sky. You and your wife and your children shall speak different languages. You shall be the progenitors of all the different tribes. The giver said as he left. That ends the creation myth of the Joshua or Tsemetun of Oregon. Let's now recount the tale of the Kiowa. The Kiowa people live in southwestern Oklahoma. Their myth is based on a retelling by N. Scott Marmaday. Check the details in the description for more information on the book. It is said that the Kiowa emerged into this world long ago through a hollow log, far north of their present home, and that a pregnant woman got stuck in the log, blocking the way for others. What follows is a fascinating tale that culminates in the creation of the hero twins who brought prosperity to the Kiowa. I hope you enjoy their fantastic tale of creation, as told by Mr. Momaday. You know, everything had to begin, and this is how it was. The Kiowas came one by one into the world through a hollow log. There were many more than now, but not all of them got out. There was a woman whose body was swollen up with child, and she got stuck in the log. After that, no one could get through, and that is why the Kiowas are a small tribe in number. They looked all around and saw the world. It made them glad to see so many things. They called themselves Puda, which meant coming out. They were going along, and some were hunting. An antelope was killed and quartered in the meadow. Well, one of the big chiefs came up and took the others of that animal for himself. But another big chief wanted those others as well, and there was a great quarrel between them. Then, in anger. One of these chiefs gathered all of his followers together and went away. These people are called Azantahok, or the other angry travelers of. 
No one knows where they went or whatever happened to them. Before there were horses, the Kiowas had need of dogs. That was a long time ago when dogs could talk. There was a man who lived alone. He had been thrown away, and he made his camp here and there on the high ground. Now, it was dangerous to be alone, for there were enemies all around. The man spent his arrows hunting food. He had but one arrow left, and he shot a bear, but the bear was only wounded, and it ran away. The man wondered what to do. Then a dog came up to him and said that many enemies were coming. They were close by and all around. The man could think of no way to save himself, but then the dog said, "You know, I have puppies. They are young and weak, and they have nothing to eat. If you will take care of my puppies, I will show you how to get away." The dog led the man here and there, around and around, and they came to safety. This is why all men must take care of their dogs, and all the dogs in return keep the men safe. Now there was a man and his wife in the mountains. They had a beautiful child, a little girl whom they would not allow to go out of their sight. But one day. A friend of the family came and asked if she might take the girl outside to play. The mother guessed that it would be all right, but she told the friend to leave the child in its cradle and to place the cradle in a tree. While the child was in the tree, a red bird came among the branches. It was not like any bird that you have seen. It was very beautiful, and it did not fly away. It kept still upon a limb, close to the child. After a while, the little girl got out of its cradle and began to climb after the red bird. At the same time, the tree began to grow taller and taller, and the child was borne up into the sky. There. She was magically transformed into a woman, and she found herself in a very strange place. Instead of a red bird, there was a young man standing before her. The man spoke to her and said, "I have been watching you for a long time, and I knew that I would find a way to bring you here. I have brought you here to be my wife." The woman looked around. She saw that he was the only living man there. She saw that he was the son. After that, she and the son were wed, and so it was for a long time. Although, with each passing moment, the woman grew lonely. She thought about her people. And she wondered how they were getting on. One day, she had a quarrel with the son, 
and the sun went away. In her anger, she dug up the root of a bush which the sun had warned her to never go near. A piece of earth fell from the root, and she could see her people far below. By that time, she had given birth and had a child, a boy by the sun. She made a rope out of the fallen bush and took her child upon her back, and attempted to climb down upon the rope. But when she came to the end, her people were still a long way off, and there she waited with her child on her back. It was evening. The son came home and found his woman gone. At once he thought of the bush and went to the place where it had grown. There he saw the woman and the child hanging by the rope halfway down to the earth. The son was very angry, and he took up a ring, a gaming wheel, in his hand. He told the ring to follow the rope and strike his wife dead. Then he threw the ring, and it did what he told it to do. It struck the woman and killed her. And then the son's child was all alone. The son's child was big enough to walk around on the earth, and he saw a camp nearby. He made his way to it. And saw that a great spider, that which is called a grandmother, lived there. The spider spoke to the son's child, and the child was afraid. The grandmother was full of resentment. She was jealous, you see, for the child had not yet been weaned from its mother's breasts. She wondered whether the child were a boy or a girl. And therefore, she made two things: a pretty ball and a bow and arrows. These things she left alone with the child all the next day. When she returned, she saw that the ball was full of arrows, and she knew then that the child was a boy, and that he would be hard to raise. Time and again, the grandmother tried to capture the boy. But he always ran away. Then one day, she made a snare out of a rope. The boy was caught up in the snare, and he cried and cried. But the grandmother sang to him, and at last he fell asleep. So this is how the years went by, and the boy still had the ring which killed his mother. The grandmother spider told him never to throw the ring into the sky, but one day he did throw it up, and it fell squarely on top of his head and cut him in two. He looked around, and there was another boy, just like himself, his twin. The two of them laughed and laughed, and then went to the grandmother spider. She nearly cried aloud when she saw them, for it had been hard enough to raise one. Even so, she cared for them well and made them find clothes to wear. Now each of the twins had a ring, 
and the grandmother spider told them never to throw the rings into the sky. But one day, they threw them into the high wind. The rings rolled over a hill, and the twins ran after them. They ran beyond the top of the hill and fell down into the mouth of a cave. There lived a giant and his wife. The giant had killed a lot of people in the past by building fires and filling the cave with smoke so that the people could not breathe. Then the twins remembered something that the grandmother had told them. If you ever get caught in the cave, say to yourselves the words, Pain Mom, above my eyes. When the giant began to set fires around, the twins repeated the words Pain Mom over and over to themselves, and the smoke remained above their eyes. When the giant had made three great clouds of smoke, his wife saw that the twins sat without coughing or crying, and she became frightened. Let them go, she said, or something bad will happen to us. The twins took up their rings and returned to the grandmother spider. She was glad to see them. The twins fought and destroyed various monsters and enemies, and when grown up, they taught the Kiowa many things. That then is the end of this week's episode. Listen to the creation myths of other tribes, cultures, and civilizations in the previous episodes. As I alluded to earlier, We've covered many tales of the Native American tribes in the podcast. Check out episodes 1, 4, 6, 9, 12, 15 and 21 if you'd like to hear more. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a feedback. We are quite active on Twitter and Instagram, so why not connect with us by using the handle at stories T-H-T-M-D-E-U-S That's at stories T-H-T-M-D-E-U-S for both Twitter and Instagram. You may also email us at info.storiesthatmadeus at gmail.com I'll see you again next week. Until then, goodbye.